0: Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast. And the subject of this podcast is going to be You don't need anyone's permission to succeed. You don't need anyone's permission to succeed. And I started to think about this subject, or I got the idea to talk about this at a podcast by reading a recent uh, tweet from a guy that I follow. name is Brian Norgard. And his account is uh, at Brian Norgard, B-R-I-A-N-N-O-R-G-A-R-D. He's a a tech guy. And um, he put out a very interesting tweet on, um, on May 9th, yesterday. And I'll read the tweet, and I'll talk about it from there. He said, I asked the best product person I've ever met today what he thought about a competitor. He methodically paused and fired back, Why would I ever want to look at their product? I know how things work for me, how it all fits. No interest. That's when you know. Now, what Brian meant by this, the point that he was trying to elicit with this anecdote, was that a truly creative person, at some point, has to slash through the underbrush using his own machete. He has to launch off into the unknown, trusting to himself, trusting to his instincts, and trusting to fate and to fortune. And that's how it is. That's how it is. And I thought it was very instructive to read the comments to this tweet. And there was a lot of anger there. There was a lot of vitriol, a lot of misinterpreting the point that Brian was trying to make a lot of these types of comments like boy that sounds really arrogant boy what an asshole that's terrible that's awful sounds like a jerk that you don't know what you're talking about blah 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 the usual the usual things totally missing the point that he was trying to make totally misunderstanding the point deliberately misunderstanding the point because history shows that this is the type of ethic that it takes at critical moments in the creative person's life. I remember an anecdote, and I think I read it in a biography of uh, Douglas MacArthur a long time ago, and it was a very good anecdote, and it said something like this. It said when MacArthur was young, his own father, Arthur MacArthur, had told him, Son, councils of war breed timidity and defeatism. Councils of war breed timidity and defeatism. And now what did he mean by that? What he meant by that was, when you get together a collection of professionals or of any types of people together and try to make a decision based on a group consensus, inevitably the axis of that decision will incline towards safety will incline towards playing it safe will incline towards mediocrity and will incline towards compromise now in our present day society compromise is, is considered to be the highest of all virtues the great virtue the, the, the thing that we should all strive for and that's true to to an extent that's true to an extent i'm not i'm not saying compromise is an essential a critical and absolutely essential part of any type of business dealing. Okay. However, there are times that call for a single-minded, dare I say, a fanatical dedication to one's own inner voice where you have to put all those things aside and you have to plow the, the, um, the rows of wheat in front of you without bothering to think about what someone else is going to say. You have, to, you have to let your creative muse take control. Because if you try to base a creative decision by asking other people, they're always going to try to talk you out of it. They're always going to try to get you to play it safe. They're always going to try to get you to do something in the middle of the road. And that's not what causes the real breakthroughs in life. It's not what. It's not what. Uh, it doesn't answer the mail. That's not what causes the real breakthroughs. I remember a documentary I saw, or it was an interview. I can't remember which. They were interviewing some members of the bands, some members of the band uh, Guns N' Roses, and they interviewed one of the band members, and he said something like, "Yeah, you know, in the late '80s, we were all a um, strung-out mess. We all were using drugs and alcohol, and everything was awful, and blah blah blah." But he said, "But." We we would have never been able to capture that magic on our first and second albums had we not really been putting ourselves out there. We were out there on the edge. We were out there dancing on the edge of a straight razor. And only by doing that were we really able to capture that level of creative... Oh... That level of creative juices, for lack of a better word, that caused us to really push things over the top. Now, of course, of course, I'm not advocating that people should be abusing themselves or, or, uh, you know, doing self-inflicted harms to try to push the limits of things. Because you have to say, because there's always some knucklehead out there that's going to misinterpret what you say. It's always, always people out there that try to refocus Uh, things away from what you're saying to what you're not saying. But the point of the, the anecdote is that you have to be able to listen to your creative voice. And that takes real guts, that takes real courage, that takes a real ability to separate oneself, to amputate one's mind from the herd mind. And the herd mind can be a very, very powerful anesthetic that will prevent you and keep you asleep, prevent you from from reaching your creative goals. It will lull you into a false state of security. It will lull you into a false state of confidence to the point where you won't have the ability to do anything. And in many ways, if you really want to lead, you have to have the ability to turn your back on your fellow man, metaphorically speaking. You have to be able to go down a different road. You have to be able to trust in your instinct and do what you think is the right thing to do. Another example from military history, you know, and you, you may have heard this before, but it, it bears repeating. You know, MacArthur, General MacArthur in many ways was personality-wise, he was a very defective person. But when it came to being a general. Who can doubt that his ability approached the quality of genius? If you really study his campaigns in the Second World War, and especially his, his landing at Incheon during the Korean War, that was a true masterstroke. That landing at in Incheon was a true masterstroke. You can say whatever you want about MacArthur, and I am i don't really consider myself a fan of, of his. but But I cannot deny brilliance when it is right in front of me. And when you read about how he picked out that landing site of Inchon, everyone was against it. Every single person was against it. All the Joint Chiefs were against it. All of his advisors were against it. Everyone was against it. And yet MacArthur knew. He understood. He understood that if I'm going to turn the tables of this war, half measures are not going to work. A little bit of a flanking maneuver closer to the southern coast of korea is not going to hack it i've got to hit them hard i've got to hit them where they're not expecting it i've got to hit them at the place where they least think it's likely and even though it's true that the tides at incheon are terrible even though it's true that there's a landing there's a a, a beach wall there even though it's true that it's a horrible site in every respect that's where My instinct tells me where we need to be. That's where we need to be. And it turned out that he was right. Turned out that he was right. So, what does this mean then for the average person? What does this mean for us? Well, the lesson learned here is that you should do your homework. You should do your research. You should do your background checks. You should do all your preparatory analysis. But when it comes to pulling the trigger, when it comes to pulling the trigger, you have to make that decision, and you should only listen to yourself. Only listen to yourself, because at the end of the day, you have to live with that decision. And I really get the sense, and I really, again, I, I if you look at the comments in this tweet by Brian Norgard, it's clear that there are many people that are not able to do that. There, there are many people that are not able, really able, to make an independent decision on their own without worrying about what the herd is going to think. And to be really successful in life, you have to do that. Now again, I'm going to qualify this statement by telling people, I'm not advising you to just go willy-nilly making rash, stupid decisions because there's just as many stupid decisions that are that are the result of instinct as there are good ones you have to do all your work this is not a substitute for doing work so don't don't take this too far now don't take this too far don't think that i'm saying oh you just come up with an idea and just do whatever you want just hey well will all work out no that's not what i'm saying at all it's not what i'm saying what i'm telling you is you have to do all of your homework you have to do all of your research but at this at some point you have to allow yourself to let that spark of creativity that spark of genius that all of us have within ourselves to take light and to and to kindle you have to allow that don't snuff it out don't snuff it out don't doubt yourself when you have an instinct and if you've done your research if you know what you're talking about chances are chances are you're going to know the subject better than anyone else and don't be intimidated by all their bullshit and all their credentials and all their advice and all their malarkey because at the end of the day it's the person on the ground who is the one who calls the shots the person on the ground who really is the one in the decision-making decision-making capacity. And that's what you have to be aware of. Most people are chicken shits. Most people are not willing to put their balls out there. They're not willing to risk the humiliation or the discomfort or the possibility of losing, you know, and that's why so many great things happen when people literally have no choices left when they when they've lost everything and they have no they have no other options you've probably heard of stories like that very often where people end up winning big when they've got they've literally uh have nothing left to lose because it's that it's that ethic that's it's that that mindset that enables you to take the risks that you needed to take but i think the key is to be able to take that leap without Having to be at the point where you have no, you have no choice. You have to be able to do it voluntarily, and it takes skill. And, and sometimes you're going to be right. Sometimes you won't be right. So what? So what? Who cares? What do you care? What if you? What do you care if some dork makes fun of you or doesn't like what you did or said or laughs at or doesn't like it? So what? So what? Doesn't matter. You don't need anyone's permission to succeed. In fact, in this life, you're going to have to take what you need because no one is going to give you permission to do anything. You're going to have to pry it from their cold, dead hands. And that's a fact. That is a fact. And the older guys out there know what I'm talking about. No one's going to give you anything. You think you think these guys out there are going to give you anything in today's world? They're not going to give you anything. They don't care. Couldn't care less. So that's my point, and I guess I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Again, to recap, have confidence in your instinct. Have faith in your instinct. Allow yourself to let that instinct grow and flourish. You don't need anyone's permission to succeed. You remember that. All right. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.